Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. I'm ready now. Now is when I would be ready. You were ready before me. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Monday, 20th of November. I'm Kyle Rosdahl. Thanks for uh, downloading the pod. Yes, thank you. Uh, it's a basic Monday, so we're going to do some news and also some smiles. So, Kai, what caught your attention today or over the weekend? So, oh, we, oh, we, we can do over the weekend news too? Of course. I thought it was only like you day up open news. AI. I thought no. it was day up. No, I don't want to talk about open AI. Open AI is everywhere. I just wanted to, I misunderstood yeah. the rules. I didn't know that Mondays were okay. We with, make the with rules, the Kai. We, we, do, we, we do make, make the rules. rules. You know, I get in trouble when I say that. Um, uh, so, so mine, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Uh, cute little bit, not a cute little piece, interesting piece in Bloomberg today, um, about the federal reserve and how it gathers information. So most of the data that the federal reserve gets comes out monthly, right? I mean, yes, they get some weekly mm-hmm. data, but it's really volatile and, and not really helpful, but you know, you get jobs monthly, you get GDP, uh, updates monthly or, or revisions monthly. And then the final number quarterly, all that kind of stuff. So what the Fed has started doing, and we did a piece on this actually on, on the show about a year ago, has started using what's called high-frequency data, also sometimes anecdotal data, literally as Rafael Bostic, the president of the Atlanta Fed, has said on this program many a time. Um, I go out and talk to people, and I ask them how they're feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting that the Fed now understands that it's got to get out and talk to people because, as we say on Marketplace all the time, not to name drop my own program uh, twice in the space Hmm. of 30 seconds, but look, if the the headline economic indicators can be whatever they are, they can be great, they can be terrible, whatever, but what really matters in how this economy goes is how people are feeling in their economic day to day. I'm sure some of you saw the piece in the New York Times this weekend about Kyla Scanlon and the Vibe Session. That's Mm. right. It's all about how people feel. Also, for the record, to name drop my program three times in 45 seconds, I had Kyla on Marketplace like eight, ten months ago talking about the vibe session. Mm -hmm. So follow that, New York Times. Um, Anyway, just it's about how Fed gets its data and then what it does with it. Just a little piece. Good little piece. Okay. That's it. Cool. That's what I got. got. So the the Federal Reserve economists are becoming journalists. A little bit. A little bit. That's that's actually a really good (laughs) analogy. Really good analogy, actually. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so, well, since we said take that New York Times, I'll, I'll give them this one instead, which was an interesting piece um, they have in the New York Times magazine about employers who are trying to, well, not that are trying to, that are, and the increase in what are called stay or pay clauses, which are basically when you get a job, an employer sort of um, gets you up and running, you decide you don't want the job, and they're like, fine, you can quit, but you have to pay us back for your training. And they apparently have really increased in number. It's hard to track because a lot of these employment contracts are private, but there are more and more lawsuits coming up with people saying, I shouldn't have to pay you if I want to quit. And employers are saying, no, I, we spent all of this money to recruit you, to hire you, to um, train you and give you these skills. You owe us money back. And we're not talking about like giving back a signing bonus or something right, like that. Right. In the case, in some of these examples that they're giving, they're talking about like home health care aides and uh, pilots and things like that, where you kind of 
bring your own skill set. Mm -hmm. uh, one paragraph here says, though it's hard to trace the spread of these, a 2022 letter from the National Employment Law Project points the finger at private equity firms and that private equity firms not only tend to replicate contract terms across their suite of businesses, but they have increasingly purchased companies that provide employee training, giving them an added incentive to use these uh, uh training repayment agreement provisions aka mm. a trap <laughs> which stipulates the cost of the on the job training will be borne by the employee and this article also lays out something that was kind of interesting which is that there used to be a division in the cost of hiring in that employers would eat some of that cost labor unions would eat some of that mm. cost in terms of you know, helping funnel people into the pipeline and keeping their skills up. And, you know, the federal government would own some of that by or, or state government would take on some of that cost by providing, you know, free education or college courses or, you know, technical training through the government. But now employers themselves kind of bear the cost of all of the training for employees in some cases, not all, obviously. Anyhow, it's an interesting thing I had not known was mm -hmm, becoming mm -hmm. a bigger thing. And it makes sense because it's really hard to track, but it's a, you know, some of these companies are asking, you know, thousands of dollars just for somebody to quit and suing people for them. And, you know, obviously it's often targeted at lower income workers. So, According to this, these contract terms have been applied to bank workers, salespeople, dog groomers, police officers, estheticians, firefighters, mechanics, nurses, federal mm. employees, electricians, roofers, social workers, paramedics, truckers, mortgage brokers, teachers, and metal polishers. Legal experts believe stay or pay clauses may now might now be in industries that employ a third of all American wow. workers. Wow. Right? Wow. That's so, so there's 160 million people in the American workforce. Unemployment's low. So let's say 150 million people. So that's like 50 million people. Wow. Right. And now I think they're trying, they being, you know, the people who are against this are trying to sort of put this in the same bucket as non-compete uh -huh. clauses. And that's, that's where I thought, that, yeah, that's where my, my Yeah, my and went. so using those arguments to say that this is not fair, but it doesn't seem like there's a consistent uh you know, I'm reading here, the Federal Trade Commission has undertaken a recent public campaign to outlaw um, these uh, contracts, bar the non-compete clauses. Um, but as non-compete agreements fall out of favor, stay or pay clauses are poised to replace them. They work similarly by discouraging quitting and they're spreading in professions that once relied on non-compete provisions to limit worker mobility. Hmm. So hmm. watch out, y'all. Yeah, totally. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, Charlton. All right, what do you got, smile wise? Uh, it was a chuckle. I <laughs> we all should have seen it coming. We all should have seen it coming. No, Snoop Dogg did not really give up weed. Yeah. Uh, so as many of us saw, he made an announcement uh, last week, I guess it was, that he was giving up smoke. And then he posted a couple more photos over the course of the week looking all like pensive no. and things. And people really thought, some people really thought that, you know, he was giving up weed, which was wild because that's like his whole brand. Um, not his whole brand. He's obviously an extraordinarily talented music, musician and businessman, but it's part of it. 
And my take on it was either it's a joke or he's got cancer. You know, oh, those were the only two oh, extremes okay. that I could think <laughs> of, right? Because, like, why else? Uh, but it was a joke. I'm very glad it was a joke. So he partnered in what I think is just some pristine, smart branding and strategy mm. with uh, this uh, outdoor stove company that makes, like, patio stoves uh, that don't generate a lot of smoke. So oh, uh, in the in, I'm reading the CNN article here. He says, I have an announcement. I'm giving up smoke. I know what you think. Snoop, smoke is kind of your whole thing, but I'm done with it. Done with the coughing and my clothes smelling, smelling oh, all sticky funny. icky. I'm going smokeless. And then he reveals this stove and, you know, Good that they changed the game, blah, Sorry. blah, blah. And, yeah. <laughs> and then he's got a little marshmallow on a stick at the end. Just, it's cute. It made me smile. It made me chuckle. I'm glad he doesn't have cancer. There you go. I, I also <laughs> am glad Snoop doesn't have cancer. Man, jeez. <laughs> Um, Things right. we never thought we'd say on this podcact. Yeah, right? Don't exactly. Worry. What's yours? exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, super quick. Mine uh, is a result of son number three coming home on Wednesday night Ooh. for Thanksgiving, which gets you Ooh. to this piece in the Wall Street Journal today, which gave me a nice little chuckle. Headline is, no one should pick you up at the airport. I will read you the first paragraph and a half. Want to be a hero this holiday season? Get yourself home from the airport. The airport pickup, a sweet tradition we all remember from Die Hard 2, has become a heavy obligation. Your parents say they don't mind coming to get you, but they plan a Thanksgiving menu. They hauled out the folding chair. They peeled potatoes and procured the pumpkin pie. They have to brave the airport's busiest days, too? <sighs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> 7.45 Wednesday night. Sorry. I love that it's phrased here from the perspective of a mom and dad. Oh, yeah. So you know this is a bitter parent writing this article. <laughs> it's not like, you know, someone waiting for their partner to come back uh, after a long trip away. It's no. not like, for what it's worth, my good friend offers every year when I go back if I oh, need to pick up from the airport. Um, but for what it's worth, my mother's picking me up from the airport. Oh, oh snap! There we go. There we go. <laughs> I have consistently said I can get a ride home from the airport. And she's like, no, 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 it's no problem. I'll pick you up after, pick up your niece from school, and it's just going to be a little bit late and blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, I can get a car and get an Uber. Oh, she moved out to the far boonies, and so now it's yeah, a thing. You're, you're, you know, you're a grown-up girl, right? Come on, I know grown you're a grown-up person. I, yes. I know you're a grown-up uh, person, but, but you're yes. a baby girl. I'm just telling you. Yeah. I'm just telling you. And, and that's, that's why you're going to get your that's son That's exactly why. That's exactly why. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, oh I love it. I love it. Okay. That is it for us today. So please join us tomorrow for our weekly deep dive. And until then, keep sending us your comments and your questions. You can send those to makemesmart at marketplace.org or leave us a voicemail at 508-UB-SMART. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by the one, the only, Charlton Thorpe. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Our intern is Neela Farshabandi. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. And there we have it. But are you peeling any potatoes, Guy? 
No, we do a we do a roasted garlic uh, red potato thing that I am in charge of. There will be no peeling. A light boil and then straight into the oven at like a zillion degrees. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.